that's all of our goal. But I'll tell you, it, it has to be within the will and the purpose that the individual wants, right? That's not something that we give them. We can provide an environment, a setting to lend itself for that. But getting the folks to go along with it can be a challenge, especially if they're experiencing the later part of dementia or have dementia at some point. You know, Han, it's, it is a great point. I hadn't really thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. Um, and, I, and I will put this more into my thinking, but you're right. Each person is at a different emotional part of their life cycle too. And it might not be necessarily so attached to their age. It might be generally about their age, but it could be losing a loved one, or it could be the hope of something that was going to happen for a child or a loss of a child or grandchild that doesn't do something. It could be anything. And you're right. That would have a huge impact. At Moomo Living Senior Living Broadcast, we are proud to be a part of a group of extraordinary industry leaders who are working toward a stronger society and a better future for older adults. Here, we have conversations that identify challenges and opportunities to enhance the baby boomers, the parents, and the grandparents' lives. We hope that you enjoy these conversations. We believe their ideas will expand perspectives and encourages more people to join our efforts. So please let us know your thoughts and I invite you to be a part of the conversation. So having activities for seniors is great, but I know at times seniors need a nudge to get involved and this is a form of care itself. So how do you make sure that your staff treats their job as that of a caregiver? And get my caregivers to see it that way rather than just taking care of these people, rather to say, I want this to be the best time of this person's life. And the housekeeping staff that comes in, I know my here at my office, and we've got a couple of people that are our housekeepers that are here all the time. And I like it. They stop in my office sometime and sit down and talk and tell me about their life. And we just get to be friends and they're vital and they make me feel vital. Housekeepers can be an important part of the contact and conversation. Certainly the activities, you want to be darn sure their activities are reaching people and bringing them down in a wheelchair and they're weepy and they really don't want to be there. I want a level of caregiver there. And this is really an arm wrestle to get this. the industry looks at, at activities at that level of have something interesting and the resident involves themselves or they don't, but we had it. And not everybody, but that, that generally is the way it's approached. I really am pushing hard and it's selling to my own staff, selling to them, look, when you wheel somebody down, I've got an activity going on that the activity director is has going. You are the caregiver for this person right now at this activity. This person may be here and crying and missing their kids or missing their life. Just sit with them and assure them and have them just think about what's going on. And you've created the activity yourself today for that person. Uh, other people are more active and they can get out more and want to make sure a bunch of them, bunch of residents got together and said, well, when's baseball start? And when can we go back? I was thinking, if I guess so, I'll go to Brave Stadium or Dodger Stadium. Those are big and that would be fun. But is they were just asking this, saying to my guys, I wonder if there are either minor league teams or college teams and when they might start their benefit people like baseball in spring that might be something that we really could do and could be scalable 
in terms of activities and comfort of coming and going when they need to of our residents. But the two sides of the coin, I want to make sure we really hit both. And the other is, hey, I'm going to go to a baseball game or museums or whatever it happens to be and make sure that we're doing them. They all have different temperaments. They came to the community with different life journeys, right? Perhaps some lost a loved one. Now they're alone. Not only living alone, but also like alone is in a loss of a loved one. And then maybe they don't have, you know, their family nearby. So they all have a heritage. That is now the community's responsibility to uphold. And although we might have the best engagement programs and all that, I'm sure they're all out there. But I think it's so important is that how do you heart to heart connect with these folks and get them to do things that it's very difficult for them to do? Because like I said, some of them might feel like they don't know how to make friends. I wasn't active before, and it's really hard for me to get active right now. And I lost someone that I've been married to 50 plus years. It can be a, a difficult journey and a transition as they move into the community and continue to live vibrantly. That's all of our goal. But I'll tell you, it, it has to be within the will and the purpose that the individual wants, right? That's not something that we give them. We can provide an environment, a setting to lend itself for that. But getting the folks to go along with it can be a challenge, especially if they're experiencing the later part of dementia or have dementia at some point. You know, Han, it's, it is a great point. I hadn't really thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. Um, and, I, and I will put this more into my thinking, but you're right. Each person is at a different emotional part of their life cycle too. And it might not be necessarily so attached to their age. It might be generally about their age, but it could be losing a loved one, or it could be the hope of something that was going to happen for a child or a loss of a child or grandchild that doesn't do something. It could be anything. And you're right. That would have a huge impact. I know it would have a huge impact on how I felt and the approach that I have every day and what I felt like doing. And so you're absolutely right. I, I was thinking when I was talking about the how vital people are, no matter where they are in their life cycle, I was at a meeting with a, a group of businessmen that I that have been involved with for many years. And we had a gerontologist come to talk to his top, top gerontologist. And one of the questions that was being asked is, what about assisted suicide? I just think we need to be able to do that. And one of my other friends and the doctor was saying, so in this case, the guy was asking about his sister who was sick and he was saying she wants to end her life and I want to do it for her. And then you need two doctors. I can't get them to do it. And then our guest, the gerontologist said, because we're not in the business of ending people's lives. We're in the business of helping them live. And we're always arguing about the laws or anything else or your religious values. What we're arguing about is you're asking me to do something I just don't want to do. I don't want people to die. I want them to live. That's, that is what I do. And I thought about it and I appreciated his answer. And he was saying, what is your sister afraid of? She deserves a clean, dry bed and comfort with medication if she needs it and dignity and respect. And she'll let go when she's ready to let go. You don't need to be so afraid of this in the disaster scenarios that people get in their mind to, to talk about this. And there was another guy there is, and why are we thinking about your sister's life has no value now where she is, that she's healthy enough to have the conversations. Why would he be encouraging her to think that way versus 
no, we've got so many things to talk about and memories and, and new ideas. And why think that this is just the end of my life and it doesn't matter. All I'm doing is, you know, waiting to die. So it was a few years ago and that had a lot of impact on me in the assisted living business. It went through my mind is, are we just warehousing people that are getting ready to die, warehousing them to die? Everybody I talk to in the industry says that is the hang up that people think that's our business. We're not in that business. And the other guys I know in the industry, there's great leaders in this industry. They don't think that way. And I think it's as a society, it, 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 overall, we need to think you're, you love your mom. You don't want her to check out before it's her time. And if she's 95 and has less capacity, you want her as happy as can be in whatever situation it's in. And that's where your heart is for her. Now, her, she may be thinking the best place for her in this period of time is in the back of your house and running errands if she could. And you're thinking, but that's not right. Your capacities are less than you think they are. But in this center that I've that I've arranged for you and I have for you, there's every activity that you possibly can absorb and every comfort that we can bring to you. So your life is as, as good as it possibly can be. And she may just be depressed. You see, you're, you're right, Han, it might just be, I'd be depressed if my wife died. I'd be, I'm pretty sure she'll outlive me. She's darn healthy. I'd be really depressed. Absolutely. And the thing is, it takes another human being with a heart to sit slowly, understand and relate and commiserate and really reach in to their heart and understand. And the thing is, if we have such a high turnover, those individuals don't stay around long enough to invest into the resident to dig in and reach their hearts. And here's the thing, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what beautiful surroundings there are, the best caregivers there are. But I think wholeheartedly underneath that older adult, the grandparent or grandfather, do you know what they need? Two things, their family and a growth in their spirit. Do you know what I mean? And that's not something mm -hmm. a yeah, caregiver can fill. We want to facilitate it every way that we can, but you're right. And I, I that that is absolutely true. So by the architecture of our building doesn't make up for the care that we have the activities that we have, the animation in our restaurants, any of that, they all have to happen. And the care, the direct contact with our, our resident needs to really approach that person as a human being and where they are in life and what can we do for them. And I like what you just said there about their spirit because our bodies are giving out. I'm, my body isn't the same as it was when I was your age. It's just not, and it's not going to be. And I'm, I'm not unhappy. My spirit is, is great. This is the life cycle that God put here for me. And that's, that is it. And there's no reason to not be joyful about it. So I am, but that's a personal choice. And if we could think about it, you know, everybody has a different approach to their life and their philosophy about life. And our job, if we care about them, is to think about, okay, well, here is their philosophy and how can we work with their philosophy towards their own life and enhance that and encourage it so that they're as happy as they can be. That's really what we're after, Han. And I, and I think you make some just some excellent points here. Yeah, I do. I was you. thinking also for you, I don't know if you're married or uh, if children. Yeah, I have but, three kids. Uh, three I've been kids married. Lovely. Yes, I've been married 29 years. Oh, so wow, we're so fantastic. Excited. Excellent. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things that our, at our centers we're thinking about for our 50-something daughters with their mothers and fathers is, okay, this also needs to be comfortable for, for a daughter to come into. So how do you get your staff to find ways of including families in the care plan? Now, is there a way to make rewards for bringing in families and creating um, an enjoyable experience for them? 
We've got several centers that are up and running and we are paying close attention. But I'm thinking and noticing. So for loneliness and COVID was a gosh, just a huge setback in terms of loneliness for our residents for their own protection but and for our staff's protection, actually. But for our, our resident, as we go on, our thought was and is that the restaurants, if the restaurant is excellent, 50-year-old daughter is happy. She'd be happy to see her mom anyway. But if she's going to be there and say, this is a nice experience, she's a little happier about going and feels better about it. And then I think the absolute home run about this is if she's there in the evening and she's talking to her husband and she says, food's good here. You're happy when you come here. We could see my mom and we have to fix dinner anyway. So let's have it here. And she starts to come more And about that. And I was just starting to put this across to our staff and we will do it as we get past COVID and I can do it, but a bonus to the whole restaurant staff, if husband joins or if husband is there and wife joins. That says you're doing your job because you, that means the restaurant is good enough that people want to be there. And that really tells me that gives us more opportunity for the, the resident, the mother, father, or mother and father to have more contact with their family. We right, make and come together. To, right? to, and meals are really a great time to be together. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's a great idea because, and not only that, if the daughter, husband, have children that are, you know, coming home. So now it becomes a family gathering, but not at home, but at grandma's home, a beautiful meal. So I think that lends itself for another environment for engagement as if you're having dinner, uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And I, then it, the architecture might come into play. And so, so it's clean, light, fresh. You walk in it, you feel good. If, if you are the 25-year-old granddaughter, 20-year-old granddaughter, you walk in with your mom and your dad and you feel good about when you walk in. I'm happy to be here. And in fact, we might be doing a good service as an industry at that point also, because if we got it, if we could get our Gen Zers that are, are coming up now to engage with our parents, our grandparents, and see that as an active, important part of their life, and they can be involved with it, not be afraid of it. The reason the Chinese pushed us into going into senior housing is because as a, as a culture, they, they really are interested in taking care of their next generation, but they don't have enough kids. Their, their one-child policy just destroyed their ability to manage their seniors. Now, they're doing it, it with technology and big senior centers. I will tell you, driving all over China with them and looking at major investments with them there and here, and what we did with them, they're smart about it. They do care desperately about the respect of the of their older people, of the grandparents that are there, and they're really trying to find, and they also have different segments of their market. One was that we were working, we didn't get it off the ground with them, but it was a little cutting edge for them. We work with their Ministry of, of Housing in China was to create a whole region of a wine, a new wine growing region because the climate was good and the soils were good, but to create as a destination and then create our senior centers there and that the they're a little bit wealthier, they could live away from the cities, which are huge in China, and they could also have their families, the working family members come and spend vacation times and really come and look forward to being with their parents and have it be very uplifting. I, th I think just there are around the world, every society is needing to think about this more seriously and how we can use our better technology and our resource, uh, scarce resources, which are time from our, our working level and care, which comes from every segment about our seniors. 
and make that a, you know, put a lot of dignity in and a lot of care and love and have them know they're loved as much as babies. If your kids, you know, get married and start having children, how happy you'll be for grandchildren, but have everybody be as happy to see your mom. Exactly. That's what we exactly. want. And as you were speaking, I'm thinking in my mind. So if we're in the, let's say, housing, senior housing, we also need to consider we're in the caring business. Plus, we're in learning how to care, best care for folks with dementia. So we need to understand that deeply, how to communicate to folks with dementia. We need to consider ways to not only care for that particular resident, but their family, because that family component, in my opinion, on a personal level, that's huge because the eyes that lit mm-hmm. up when my mom sees me, don't get me wrong, she loves the caregiver, but her eyes lit up when she sees my myself, my sisters, and the yeah. grandchildren. Let me tell yeah. you. And not that we're undermining caregivers. I love caregivers. I think they're underappreciated. But I'll tell you, we have to consider all of that. Senior housing in a caregiving business also knowing how to care for dementia and also what to do to integrate activities to include the spouse of the daughter and the grandchildren. And if you have all those components, I tell you, it's a big party. What's really invigorated me and a whole passion is about seniors, 50-year-old daughters and, and families and what they need. The real estate was great. The entitlement, the general contracting, the marketing and sales. All of this comes together in in business and isn't really enough. It it, it was great for my career. It isn't really enough now to think about this next dimension to the business, the care, whether it's, you know, the restaurants or the activities or caregiving are really keeping my spirit going and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying being part of the conversation. You give me several ideas. I will get you the book that was written by the, the dementia doctor here in in California, I think he's probably excellent and, and well-regarded and has good ideas. I'd like to learn more about it and more about all of these areas and, and, and issues and spend the next part of my, my career. And I'm happy working. I think I have some value to add. As long as I do, I'll stay involved. The next generation is pushing up behind me. The next Griffins, they're, at, they're from Harvard and Stanford and Chicago and Oxford. And they're smart kids and they're looking to shoot me out of the saddle and that day comes, I'm fine. Shoot me and I'm out of the saddle. <laughs> Just try to yeah. and let him go. In the meantime, you're making some great impact for young baby boomers, the baby boomers, the silent generation. So you got to keep doing what you're doing. We do. Yeah, I appreciate meeting people like you, hon. It's nice to have people that are thinking about it and bringing other ideas in. And there are some just some excellent people in this industry, big and small alike, and they're really thinking about different situations and approaching the supply side of this, which includes the real estate and the care and the medicine. And it's an exciting time, fun to be in. I, I, I really enjoyed this. You had several good ideas for me. Thank you. And I hope the industry and people think about things a little bit more. We have been a major force in, in housing and real estate development master plans. Nothing that I was so brilliant about. It came about from generations and evolve into it. And gosh, Hunt, think about it. I came in to a family business that was up and running, was several hundred million dollars a year in sales. And I walked in and it had McKinsey and great consultants and Pricewaterhouse, everybody's here. And I walked into it and in California, which did nothing but grow through those 40 years or 50 years that I've been working. And I've been very fortunate to be in a fast moving stream. 
this next part of my life is interesting. It's still a fast moving stream, but it's nothing I've walked into. This is new. The industry isn't developed yet. And we're really dealing with a segment now that are your mom and my mom and dad, and they're the silent generation. And they, they were just givers and they worked hard and did their duty and grew up through just a lot of turmoil, a lot of great things happen, but a lot of turmoil. Baby boomers are used to having everything they want, everything that we want. And they're 70, I think the first boomers, 76 years old this year. And they're right. going to come at it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be another new title. It'll be fun. I, I hope I'm able to be you know, so healthy and active as the boomers really hit, because I think it'll be an exciting time too. And I appreciate that. You come at it as the 50-year-old daughter, as a mother and a wife. You're, you actually live it more than I do. And I appreciate your perspectives, your thoughts about what it's really like to be living these questions. I want to put emphasis on the caregiving side. And I don't know if you listen to some of the other ones. Um, that's where my heart is heavy. And I, I want to be driving that to put it in the forefront that there's nothing shameful as you approach the later years and if you're healthy client and if you do need a caregiver and there's nothing wrong with that because it does not give up your power if you need someone to care for you and there's nothing wrong with aging because that comes with you know the wisdom the attitude it's a really a paradigm shift that i think we need to put it out no, in the I forefront so. I, I i do and that value that we put on people as they get older. I I know it it must be hard as you get older to say, I need somebody to feed me. Maybe that is the humility. I don't know what God wants us to do this on, but that is his pick. And no matter, and and if you're not philosophically monotheistic and you just see the world as well, even so this is life. And we don't, second guessing it and saying, therefore, only new life is good life makes us not very much. (laughs) It says it doesn't say much about our society and our people. And we have to, I think, at a corporate level, we all of society has to have this view. Like our Chinese and our Japanese, they absolutely revere their parents and know that they do know that and they treat them that way and they act that way. And I think that's really important for us to come about. I don't think it's that we don't value them as Americans. And I think it's that we are integrated and involved in focusing on what we're doing every day. And kids are going to school to to achieve in school and they're working hard at it. And you're working hard and raising kids and, and having your business and your husband's working hard and we're all just so focused. We don't have the time to actually be human beings and care about people that are past all of that the way that we should. I don't think we don't want to. I think it's that we just haven't thought about it enough. And now we're going to need to think about it. And given the demographic shift, it, whether we think about it or not, it's it's going to be in our lap and we're going to deal with it. And we will. On, we will. Your mom and my mom and dad, they're the silent generation and they're you know, a smaller cohort, bigger than the generation before them, the, the great generation. They're a little bigger than that generation, but they, aren't, they didn't live as long and they didn't need as much. It's really going to be my age and 10 years older. So the generation just ahead of yours, we are going to, they're going to be a lot of us and we aren't going to be able to hide from the fact that we're probably going to live a long time still and have the dementias and need the different kinds of cares and different parts of our bodies will break down and we'll need different things. We're going to all hope that we have a daughter like you that will care about us enough to help us through it. This COVID thing is interesting. The sickest people I know, one dead, one 
hospitalized, almost dead, and another one dead, all happen from home caregivers. It's not that you couldn't get it from anywhere, but home caregivers don't have any. There's no regulation really. You go to go home, you're with people, you're doing whatever you're doing, and you walk straight into someone's house. That could happen at our senior centers. We're trying to take their temperature, ask them where they've been, put strict guidelines on our, our people at our centers to say you can't go to a family gathering. Sorry, if you're going to do something like that, I need you to isolate for three weeks or whatever it is. We're trying to put it, but not that one of our caregivers couldn't do it. How would we really know? We don't follow them home. We take their temperature. They do agree to these things. They've all agreed to immediately have vaccinations. We didn't force them. We just said, would everybody like vaccinations? So far, everybody said yes. All of this is a change in, in you know what our needs are, whether it's home health care for part of the time and live at home. And there'd probably be a time when that's a nice solution for a lot of people. And then as they need more care at living at a center where it's more affordable and maybe the care could be a little bit more integrated with all of the needs. 10,000 a day the next several decades. And it's a good yeah. thing. There's options. Hon, we're not even nearly right. 10,000 a day at six, at 76 years old every day. I remember, every I, was day. When, I remember when it was 65, when I first was looking, I said, really? And yeah, now it's 10 years later, 11 years later. Now it's 75, 76 this year will turn 10,000. And they're not, the 75-year-olds might be looking for some nice retirement, move out to golf communities, what have you. They might, they might move to the 55-plus apartments, which are about 65, because then they just don't want to be around all the kids in the rental units. But they're not really ready for a true independent living or true assisted living for another five years anyway. But when they... It, the silent generation that's there is filling the projects that are out there and other older projects are dropping off as they get to be too old and new ones coming in. So it's a pretty healthy economy in senior housing. And then as the next generation hits and their demands will be so, I think, far beyond what's been demanded you know, to date in terms of lifestyle and issues. And see how their health goes. Maybe some breakthroughs can be done. We've made great breakthroughs in cancer, certainly in heart disease. The next thing to give out is going to be dementia. How can we start to manage that? Yes, Hon, yes. thank you. Thank, I, I just enjoy talking to you so much. I'll gab on for hours. Thank you for having <laughs> me. We will schedule a follow-up if you, if you would like to talk sure. to me more. I'd love to talk to you. I'm enjoying this. Your, your persona with your mom and your husband and your kids would just make you a perfect person for me to talk to and your ideas and what you know and what you think. So thank you. Absolutely. I thank Thanks, you hon. so much for your time. And I'm very thankful for this opportunity. Absolutely. Hon. Thanks. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review Boomer Living Senior Living Broadcast wherever you get your podcast. One of my favorite things is to hear from you, the listener. So please leave a review and let us know what you think. And I read all of the reviews. Also, please pass it along your friends, family, co-workers, and anyone aging. So please leave a review and I love to hear from you.